Hi everyone, I'm Anthony Toma. Uh, you are viewing or watching Keeping Up with Chaldeans with my co-host here, S.T. Elias. We have uh, Anthony Shalal here today with uh, McKinney, Oro, McKinney, Shalal, and Hindu. Yes. Wow. And it's a law thanks firm. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, thanks for coming along. Uh, uh, you want to just tell us a little bit about what you do and sure. why you're here? Yeah, sure. We're, uh, we're a business transactional firm. We handle, you know, buying and selling real estate, buying and selling businesses, licensing. My dad, Joe Shalal, is uh, very well known for his liquor licensing, but uh, really most of his days spent doing uh, what I like to call real estate development consulting. Mm -hmm. um, so he does, that's a large, large portion of our business. Um, I do a lot of the licensing, the specialty licensing, cannabis licensing, uh, tobacco manufacturer licensing, federal uh, permit licensing for like the um, you know, winemaker licenses, brewery licenses, I do cool. all that kind of work, so. So that's a very interesting yeah. niche that you carved out for yeah. yourself there. Why did you, uh, why did you pick that? So my dad had the firm, um, before I even wanted to go to law school. And uh, I thought it would be, uh, I knew that he was well versed in the patrol commission laws mm -hmm. and, um, when I started uh, clerking for him and I was in law school, he told me, if you want to come to this firm, you have to help me grow the firm. I'm not going to just give you my clients. I'm not going to just let you, right. you know, take on what I have. So he goes, learn something new and add it to the firm. And so I saw cannabis law, something that was up and coming. Mm -hmm. So I took, I brought it to myself to kind of, you know, uh, learn, it. learn it. I broke down the law. I went, when, the, when the new regulations and laws came out, I broke them down. I tried to understand them as much as I could. and. Uh, I got my first client uh, just kind of promoting myself, trying to say, hey, I can do this work for you, at least give me a chance and I'll handle it. Yeah. That's and um, that's what happened. You know your dad lied to you, right? He wouldn't have brought you on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to, I, good I, father. Yeah, yeah. I like to think that uh, he, wanted me, he wanted me to earn it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, your, dad, your dad's the greatest. Man. He's, Thank he's, you. He's not only known for his liquor control, like you said, he's also known for a sense of humor. He's yeah. A, He's a he's a prankster, a jokester. Yeah. He's a he's a great one. <laughs> That's one way to put it for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I imagine that like because of his background and what he offers and what you offer, like you guys are very pivotal pivotal to our community and yeah. success. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like crucial steps, right? To right. owning these businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, as you can imagine, um Kellyanne's the Canadian community is obviously a very uh, tight knit community. Yeah. And um as a result of that, Kellyanne's trust Kel other Kellyanne professionals to do the work for them. Yeah. Um, they they probably they f I I would assume, and what clients have told me is that they prefer uh, a Kellyanne attorney over a non Kellyanne attorney yeah. because they're more likely to look out for that person. Yeah. Um, look out for their clients. That's amazing. And um, I take that to heart. I really believe in that. So, there's a lot of names in the in the in the title of the firm or name yeah. holders. I I know McKinney is Neb McKinney. Yeah. John Oro. Yeah. Louis McKinney. Yeah. Your pops. And then John Hindu. Correct. How many of those people are still practicing? Because the dynamic of the firm has changed, yeah, right? Yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah. We went from uh, Neb, uh, Neb McKinney and John Oro uh, were never practicing for us, really. They right. were they were giving us a lot of business. Mm -hmm. um, and so my dad decided to just to partner with them and, yeah. and, uh, and go that route with them. And uh, John Hindu worked at our firm for a very long time. He's a huge part of, our, yeah. of the, the growth of our firm, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then now it's, it's me, 
uh, my dad and my brother Alex. My little oh, brother Alex. Beautiful. Yeah. So all three of us it's a, it's a family firm, and we have our uh, uh, our paralegal Kristen. Uh, her she's uh, she's not Chaldean, but she knows more Chaldean than I do. <laughs> uh, she deals with uh, Kel more Chaldeans on a daily basis than I do. Oh. Um, and uh, she's been with my dad for 25 years. I'm, oh. For reference, I'm 28. Yeah. Wow. So she's been with my dad since basically my whole life. So so you're. But this is before your time, but Louis McKinney is the other McKinney in, in the name. Mm -hmm. He uh, unfortunately passed away a, a long time ago. Yeah. God rest his soul. Mm -hmm. Good man, great guy. Uh, he was a husband and a father at the yeah. time, and God bless him and God rest his soul. Yeah, yeah, he was. Had to mention him. Yeah, out of, of course, out of, res out of respect, we, we included his name in there. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't, we don't see any, anything to, any reason to remove any of those guys' names. That's awesome. They only add respect to our firm. Absolutely, so. yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. How long have you been in this business? Um, I graduated law school. My final semester is actually when the pandemic started. Oh wow! <laughs> so Cheers. I had a really odd last semester of law school. Yeah. Uh, took the bar. Thank God, passed out on my first try, nice. and then uh, immediately started working at my dad's firm. Amazing. So I, I was, I did, I worked it with him for like three to four years before that. Before I did that, I did landscaping, just to make money while I was going through law school and yeah. going to undergrad. I did a worst for, uh, for Anthony one time. <laughs> yeah. um, How did he do? He did f phenomenal. He had actually my nephews working for him. Too, yeah. His buddies that yeah. he went to Sky yeah, School. Yeah, Jonathan Toma. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, and actually, funny enough, his other nephew works for me now. Yeah. Oh, wow. As, a, as an intern, Matthew. Full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask, because you studied cannabis law. Yeah. And it's always like changing. What's like yeah. the latest in cannabis law? Man, um... I, I wouldn't. I don't know. Like in the industry, well, in the law in particular, nothing really new or spectacular has changed. They're trying to change the caregiver law, caregiver, which I is that. which is kind of like as people like to call it the black market because mm -hmm. not really a lot of it's done legally now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, they're trying to change that law. It's actually in, in the state legislature to be changed into a more a formal way of test testing the product and making sure it's not getting in the wrong hands. Um, but in terms of the industry, the industry seems to be changing a lot. Uh, a lot of my work right now in the cannabis aspect has been the um, corporate reorganizations, okay. which is a fancy way of saying partners are no longer getting getting uh, along with each other. Oh, wow. Reorganization. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to reorganize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The low hanging fruit is. Yeah. The Kelly guys right, are exactly. battling. Yeah. They call you and they're Honestly, like, it's. It, I've gotten kind of uh, cynical about it, yeah. uh, to be honest with you, because uh, a, a lot of it has become people trying to screw each other over. That's sad. Mm. And uh, I just think there's enough room yeah. for everybody to make money. Um, well, so that's that's a great reason why anybody that's having those stressful conversations with a partner should call you. Okay. Yeah. To, 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 because you see, you see a way out for both, and you see enough for, for both parties or all yeah. parties involved. And that, that's... Right. So if they if they had somebody like you that could lay it out for them, they would, you know, probably benefit and, and save a yeah. friendship, no, save a friendship, save a partnership. That actually in in the past month, I'd, I'd say probably half the month I've spent on the phone mediating. Wow. Yeah. Exactly that. That's great. Um, no, that's 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 a great service yeah. to have. I mean, mm -hmm. you're a great asset for somebody in that situation yeah. because without a mediator, it's like my opinion and against your opinion, True. and then there's no r rational, you know person above right yeah it's, it's like there's no outsider to kind of give yeah. a objective view and that's exactly. kind of it's kind of the hardest part to be honest is mm -hmm. yeah. being a being objective um and trying to show people that you are objective is hard because sometimes someone is just completely wrong yeah, yeah. Like, so it just yeah. objectively you're wrong yeah. you know? right so it's hard to just tell that person in a nice way 
you know, hey, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. So like you have to work with him on X, Y, and Z. What's the code word for that? <laughs> Let's reorganize. Yeah. <laughs> no, the code, the code word for it is like, okay, well, do you see his side of it? Yeah, right. right. Oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's yeah. what I say a lot. Do you see his side? Like yeah. how, he, how he could take that the wrong way? Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, so. So you're great. very brave because you thought you were getting into cannabis law, but really you're just breaking up like yeah, yeah. Yeah. fights. Yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> you're and a referee. Yeah, it, it, it's... And I, I was hoping when I got into it, it'd be, I'd, be, I'd be helping people grow their business. And I have done that, don't get me wrong. Sure. But lately, uh, especially because the market has, has been more saturated in the, in the, grower, uh, the grower sectors in particular, yeah. the industry has kind of been saturated. Everyone's growing. So the price per pound of marijuana has gone down significantly. Yeah. Um, and as a result, more people are trying to get out of it than mm. into it right now. Oh, wow. Really? And so some people just want to get bought out because they don't want to be in it anymore. They want to mm. just you know, either cut their loss or you know, make the small profit they're going to make and, and just, just get out. Yeah. So and you're handling those transactions yes. as well. Mm -hmm. okay. Awesome. And I also do, like I said, I do. I right now I have on my desk. I got uh, I, someone buying a warehouse. I got someone. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a winemaker license I'm working on for somebody who wants to do get into uh, making their own brand of, of wine. Nice. Um, someone cool. said we should do a keeping up with the Chaldeans uh, liquor brand or or wine brand. Wow. Well, how yeah. should we do that? Yeah, that's simple, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> we don't promote drinking. Well, Anthony promotes drinking. Yeah. I, don't. Uh, I don't actually quit. I don't so drink. So we don't need a wine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do fitness. Change that. <laughs> yeah. No, no but uh, it it's trust me. You probably would be able to make some money off of it. Yeah. Too. yeah. yeah. Wait, when did you when did you quit? I feel like you just posted some drink the other day. <laughs> My definition of quitting. <laughs> It's a lot different than everybody else's oh, definition of quitting. Lowering? I have my own definition. Okay. Yeah, I'm the, the, the they them guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, the new, the. That's they, your own definition. They them, to Anthony Toma. You don't identify as drinking. I do not identify as a, as a drinker. That's funny. Okay. So, um, the cannabis. Okay, tell us about, because I'm still a little confused. I just hear little things here and there like, oh, it's not like federally legal, but it's yeah. like state legal. So yeah, like, you have so, to hide your money and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not only so, you don't have to hide your money. Um, <laughs> you it can't is, pay taxes on it though. No, so you can't you can't depreciate or take any deductions from the federal income tax. So people are getting taxed about 50%, uh, especially the, the dispensaries, the, the retailers. It's almost half. Yeah, almost half. It actually, is half. But. You're an accountant. You're yeah. a CPA as well. I feel like no. Honestly, I what I tell I have a basic. I took only one. Uh, I took a federal income tax class in, in law school. Just okay. have a, a basic understanding. Smart. But what I tell them is like I don't know anything. Go to a, go to a yeah. CPA. Yeah. Right, right. I'm a, I'm a lawyer for a reason. I don't do numbers. Yeah. yeah. So how's the legal, like, tell us all the dispensaries, so, how are those going? So the dispensaries, I think those are probably the ones who are making the most money. Yeah. But uh, I would say the people that are making, the, the, the companies that are making the most are not, are the ones who are what they call vertically integrated. Yeah, yeah. Which just means that they're, they're have, they have a processing license to make edibles, to make lotions, um, make oils. And then they also have a grow operation that they're using to they're using their what their wine they grow to process it, and then they use it. They also have a, they also have a dispensary to sell it. Oh, okay. So they have three different types of licenses. They have a processing license, wow. a retailer license, and a grower license. That's amazing. So those are the people that are probably making the most money. And there's obviously the big companies like Loom, Engage, and Live. Those are the, some of the bigger guys, um, yeah. and they're obviously Is making that, a killing. You pronounce it Loom? Yeah, Loom. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I, I was Loomy. Yeah, no, it's Loom. Loom. It's Loom. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Do you see like big corporations taking over in a few years? I think if it becomes federally legalized, okay. it will. When is that going to happen? 
<laughs> that, to me, that's a that's a political question. Okay. Because yeah. uh, if I'm if I'm the Democrats right now, I'm kind of losing, right? Like yeah. uh, nothing's going well for me. Um, I need I need this to get something. Yeah, yeah I need something. Get, I need <laughs> something to get passed that will uh, make Republicans and Democrats and maybe independents happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's a, a pretty general consensus among the states that we're over this prohibition on marijuana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now is the time to to legalize it. So I think uh, uh, they've already passed something in the House, in the, in the, the, the U.S. Congress House, yeah. to say that, hey, look, we, we are in the process of decriminalizing marijuana and legalizing at the same time, which are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you guys wanna, if you guys want this to get passed, you better vote for us in November so that way the Senate can pass it. Yeah. So that's kind of how the, yeah. the political game is played, right? It's so, so wild, because like 10 years ago, we had uh, such a- Edit all that out. Oh. I want, we don't need no Democrat. To learn the playbook. <laughs> we'll see. Are you being serious? No, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. They're too dumb to pick up on. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. What? So, um, crazy thing. Ten years ago, I would never think, like, marijuana would be, like, normalized. Like, it was so... Yeah, taboo. It was so taboo. Yeah. It was so looked down upon. So, you must, like, in this business, I'm sure there was a point where you were like, wow, maybe I should get into this. Because it's, like, so yeah. financially... Yeah. Uh, uh, it's definitely, we thought about it, but it's very competitive, very ruthless business. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, talking to clients about it, <laughs> talking to clients about it, uh, I tell them, they say, what do you think the, what do you think a grower is going to be like in five years? I say, honestly, I think it's so saturated right now. Yeah. You'll still make money if you do a good job, if you run a good business, but you're not going to make as much money as you did two or three For years sure. ago. It's unreasonable. Um, and then they say, what about the dispensaries? I say, well, the dispensaries are certainly making a lot of money because... Uh, a city has to what they call opt in for uh, for uh, uh, for dispensary sales in their city. So there's not excuse me, there's not many cities in uh, Oakland County or even uh, Wayne County and Macomb County that allow marijuana. Especially Oakland County, there's oh, maybe two or three cities in the entire Oakland County that allow it. Allow oh. that allow retail sale of marijuana. Oh, I think wow. Southfield is one, and maybe Oxford is another one. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And maybe Royal Oak or yeah, maybe Royal Oak is another one. Could you, uh, because you're, you're Michigan licensed, right? Mm-hmm. Could you offer advice on the marijuana landscape in other states, even though you're not licensed there? Yeah, I okay. can. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a very weird rule in each state about how you can practice law. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they consider practicing law in other state is if you, for example, um, I think like North Carolina, you have to open up an office mm-hmm. and say you offer services in North Carolina to be considered... Uh, offering legal services. Gotcha. Okay. The other general way that applies to every state is if you're representing someone in in, in state court mm-hmm. in that state. So if there's a civil action or a criminal action in a, in state court, I would have to get sponsored by another uh, attorney gotcha. in that okay. state to represent right, right. them. Okay. So I but can't so, practice but so there. you can. But yeah, just in general, yeah, you can. Too. Yeah. Because okay. you just you know you're reviewing so law. Looking to invest in a less saturated market, like yeah. Michigan is very saturated, and right. other. I know there are a lot of Chaldeans out there and a lot of people mm-hmm. watching this that aren't Chaldean that yeah. that are trying to establish and put a flag in the ground in, yeah. in other states and they mm-hmm. could they could reach out yeah. to you. Oklahoma yeah. is another big one that people are looking into right now. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina is one that's just getting out, getting their feet wet, mm-hmm. uh, even New York. So uh, yeah, it's definitely something that I can help with as well as well. So And so but aside from the legal, you are now in the brokerage. Yeah, so because we do a lot of real estate, um, 
I, I find myself, our clients will call me and say, Anthony, hey, I need to find a, a warehouse for my, for, my, for my beer company. I'm a, I'm a, I have a beer brand and I, I need a place to store my beer. Um, can you find me a warehouse? And I'd find my warehouse and I'd just do it for free because I just thought it'd just be nice for them to do it for free. I'll, I'll handle the transaction. Yeah. Best lawyer ever. Right, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Somebody doing anything for free, right? Yeah. Uh, but then I, I quickly learned that, hey, like, I can make a lot of money off that. Yeah, yeah. it's a big, tick, um, big ticket item. Yeah, it is, yeah. it is. So um, my dad actually has a brokerage right now. It's called Xavier Realty. We just, we're basically just jump-starting it right now. He's had it for a while, but he hasn't really used it. If someone had to look that up, how do you spell Xavier? Uh, X-A-V-I-E-R. Okay. Yeah, Xavier Realty. Um, it was actually named after uh, my brother went to uh, Xavier University in Cincinnati, and he was like he liked the name, so he just named it after that. Very cool. Yeah, and uh, it's it's something new. We're we're working on it. We we're investing into it. We're getting the software for it. Um, it's it's slowly but surely we're learning. I guess you could smart. say. Smart. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. really smart. So yeah. combine real estate and law. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you, you have to put two. You have to put your you know there's two different hats, right? You have the lawyer hat, and then you have the real estate agent hat. Obviously, funny enough, ironically, uh, real estate agents and and lawyers usually don't get along really yeah. well yeah. because uh, the the real estate agent brings the deal to the table and he's waiting for his make his commission yeah. and the lawyer says wait 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 this isn't a good deal yeah. and then if the lawyer blows up the whole deal because he doesn't think it's good for his client yeah. that broker has lost his commission and now he's probably cussing out that lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> well, I can imagine. I always look for deal making attorneys, not deal breaking attorneys, when yeah. I look into. Uh, uh, laying out a, a, a plan to purchase something right. or buy something or start something. Yeah, and I, I think that's important. Yeah. Um, there may be issues that the that when you're when I'm an attorney, I look at something, I look at issues. Hey, well, this is an issue, but we can resolve this without having to break up the deal. Right. Um, it may not be the exact way you wanted it to be, mm -hmm. but there's still an end game solution to it where yeah. you know you're still getting what you want in the end. Yeah. And uh, everyone can be happy. Right. I think that's really important. So you you would consider yourself a making like yeah a, yeah no I don't I, yeah, the only way I ever do a deal break is if I really thought that what's gonna happen like it's not in my clients best interest mm -hmm. at all right and right. I think you know ethically that's important yeah I've been saved by a lot of those guys yeah too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. yeah so tell um, us about um we were talking before about your involvement with Shenandoah yeah yeah I'm uh, I'm on the I'm the chairman of the Shenandoah Young Adult Committee it's a brand new committee we started in June of 2021 so it's been basically about a year. Um, the first year was very administrative, um, and we were just trying to get our, our feet wet. We brought in the uh, Wall Lake Superintendent Ken Gutman to come and kind of teach us, you know, how to form a committee, what the rules should be, how we should conduct ourselves, nice. and that way we can have uh, kind of jumpstart and, and make sure we understand, you know, what's proper uh, uh, for a committee to be doing and not be doing. Um, I, I believe Anthony's on the actual board yeah. for Shenandoah, Woo! so yeah. uh, uh, if I have complaints, I usually bring them to the board, and they, they, uh, they, I think they, I think I like to think they listen to me, nice. so we'll, we'll see about that, but um, yeah, I think the, the Young Adult Committee is very important yeah, to me. Absolutely. To, um, it is very important to the board as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy because um, what I understand from people my age that uh, whose parents are members. I have a membership in my own right, but that's I've only had that for a year. Before I was a parent, I was uh, I was in my, in my parents' membership. And during that time period, I didn't really think there was a spot for me at Shenandoah. Okay. What I mean by that is, I don't really think about going there to eat with yeah. my friends. I don't think about going there to play backgammon with my friends or playing cards with my friends. Yeah. Maybe golf, 
I'll golf with my friends there because yeah, it's a place to golf. But in terms of hanging out there and, and being a part of like the, I guess you can call it the Shenandoah community there. Yeah. Um, I didn't really see a spot. My friends didn't see a spot for, for us there either. Yeah. Um, and I think that applies to, uh, to women there as well. The women I've talked to that are my age have told me similar things mm-hmm. uh, that they don't really see a spot for them there. And I think that is why our committee is so important is to put on events and do things that will help uh, bring in more uh, of the young adults to the club and, and spend time with the club. And, and that way, that will lead to the continued growth of the club. Yeah. Because the, the, the two generations above us right now, um, generation above you and then your generation, mm-hmm. that it's, it's always been their club. Yeah. And um, if we don't, if our committee doesn't help provide interest in the club to this generation, they're not going to see a reason to get a membership. Yeah. And then that's going to cause a slow decline of the club. True. So we look, we take it very seriously. We take that, that issue very seriously. Yeah. And we're looking to, uh, you know, to, to do whatever we can to, to, you know, keep the enthusiasm for our, our age group high. What are some of the, what are some of the ideas that you're bringing to the, to the club? What are some of the activities that you want to bring? What are some of the, Talk so, about the, the, the plan of this committee. So the before we talk about the activities, and it's one thing that I already pitched to you to the board before was uh, the and not to not to uh, you know crap on Shenandoah or anything, but uh, the Shenandoah the club has had a very archaic way of of putting on events. Mm. What I mean by that is if you want to if you want to uh, get a ticket, there's no, there's no such thing as a ticket. You just call and you say I want to <laughs> go to this event, and they'll they'll write you in, and then you can pay over the phone or you can go in person and pay. Well, our generation doesn't do that yeah. that well. And that's, that's, that's number one. That's problem number one. Mm-hmm. Problem number two is uh, the Shenandoah doesn't have, uh, when, they send, when they send an email out, it sends out to the, to the, to the member, the paying member. So not the member's mm-hmm. spouse, not the member's children. The paying member is the one who gets the email. Yeah. Right? Um, so an issue with that is that's the only way that we're allowed to market. So if we have an event... We have to rely on, you know, for example, um, my dad to let my brother know that an event's going to happen. Well, we tried that once. We tried to do what they call, we call it, we call that party gras for, for Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't get, we probably got any, uh, any sales from, for t- any ticket sales. And um, the reason why was because no one was aware of the event. Uh, oh, wow. A perfect example, my dad got the email. He saw it was for young adults, deleted it. Didn't mm. think even twice about sending it to my brother or sending it to me or anything like that. He just said, oh, it's not for me. Yeah. Move on. So I can only imagine how many other people did that as well. Yeah. Right. So that's that's number two. Probably so only 80 percent or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 80, yeah. Right. Exactly. Some posts on Instagram. Those have kept us. Yeah. Eating. So the Instagram thing is something that we've been trying to work. They, they, they had an Instagram account a while ago. They just brought it back. Oh, yeah, it and went then, away? yeah, it went away for a while. Either that or they weren't posting on okay, there. Okay, gotcha. Um, but uh, the biggest thing now is uh, to fix those two issues. Mm-hmm. One, and I, I recommend this to the board. Um, one is um, we have an app. We have a club app. It's oh, wow. to modernize the app, make a better user interface, yeah. make it so that we can buy tickets on the app 24-7, 365, Whenever the event is that way, and then also we get a confirmation email saying, "Hey, here's your ticket for the event," and now we know we know we signed up, we signed up for it. Yeah. You don't have to rely on someone calling uh, and and uh, someone calling Shenandoah, getting a hold of somebody who's actually at Shenandoah, mm-hmm. 
and uh, saying, hey, I want to buy a ticket here, can I pay you over the phone? No yeah. one wants to do that. They want to just be able to go on their phone or go on the computer and, and buy their tickets that way. So right. we're trying to work on that, and that's more of the, of the board's area than mine. I told them the Young Adult Committee could take it on, but I think that's something they want to handle themselves because it's a very high, you know, high, uh, high risk thing, really, because your credit card processing and oh, wow. setting up uh, all this, uh, dealing with, the, it's about money, really. So. That's something the board handles. Since you brought it up, there's been a tech committee formed. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Okay, and, good, and good. And they are working on all of that. And good. It will be done in the, the, the manner which just laid out. Yeah. It's uh, it's coming very soon. Good. Very good. The other thing is that the second problem that I mentioned was getting a hold of the younger adults, right? Because the emails are just going to the older people. Smart. So the, we're actually having a call center. Uh, we've done it a few times now where we get as many people as we can to call uh, either the uh, the members or the young adults who are over 18, and we say, hey, we're trying to get uh, your email and your phone number to um, keep you up to date on young adult events. That way, when we have an event, we can form a, a sub-email group mm -hmm. of all the young adults and email blast them and text them and say, hey, yeah. here are the events. You wanna, you know, we're having a party go out, we're having a adult night by the pool, or something like yeah. that, um, and so, I think once we finish that call center, slowly but surely, there's over, there's like, I think I want to say 1,300 young adults oh, wow. between the ages of 18 and 34. I thought we could say young adults. Yeah. Um, That's a big number. Yeah, well, it's actually based on the junior membership. That's great. Yeah, junior right. membership, the age group is uh, 21 to 34. We did 18 because uh, we thought that's kind of, you know, they're adults too. For sure. Yeah. So um, though that age group is the age group we're trying to, trying to uh, you know, get to come to the club more often. That's amazing. Yeah, so. Uh, you guys are doing a great job. We're trying, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the call center is slowly but surely. We have gotten a, a few hundred so far of people's emails and, and phone numbers, yeah. um, but uh, it's a continued progress, a continued process because, like I said, it's not easy. You, yeah. we basically, we're cold calling people and saying, hey, we're from the Young Adult Community at Shenandoah. I'm wondering if we can give us your, your email and, and, and phone number yeah. to, uh, to help us with uh, getting more people to the club so and basically more events. if you're a young adult at shenandoah yeah follow this guy follow their instagram yeah add your email to their list so you yeah. can know about all the things that yeah. member please yes <laughs> that's right and yeah so anthony would you like to ask so we end uh pretty much every episode uh with when it's appropriate with a, a final question and that question is what does it mean to you to be chaldean it means everything for me to be Kellyan, to be honest. Um, it's uh, the the culture, the food, <laughs> to me, most importantly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I think a big part of that is family. Mm -hmm. For me, my cousins, uh, my friends, and my brothers and sisters were all very, very, very close. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's because of our culture, because of our heritage, that we we're, we are this way. Um, so I think it, it, that coupled with community is I think is a, is a big reason why Kaldeans have been so successful here since they've come here in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Yeah. is because we've always been a community. My grandpa, when he came here, he lived in his friend's basement wow. um, until he could uh, have enough money and worked at his friend's store wow. until he could have enough money to bring his own family here, open up his own business, and work there. Yeah. It's the same reason that uh, Mr. George uh, helped all the 
uh, Kellyanne's name. Talking about Mike George. Mike George, yeah. correct. Yeah, I mean, he's considered the godfather of yeah, the, the godfather, community. Yeah. Because he helped so many people. Yeah. And uh, I think being Kellyanne is the reason why Kellyanne's here are so successful and so uh, becoming professionals, entrepreneurs, is because we have a tight-knit community that sets a good example for them. Nice. I love so, that. That's yeah. incredible. And you're a great example, too. Yeah, um, thank you. No doubt. Thank you. you. know, the education and entrepreneur, like, I can tell your future entrepreneur as well. Yeah, hoping to be. <laughs> basically are right now. Yeah. yeah. And also helping the community with Shenandoah. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank yep. you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. And follow, like, subscribe, and just be sure to check in with all the cool things Anthony's doing. It's really definitely... This Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> oh, both Anthony's, actually. <laughs> so, bye, guys. Bye.